Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I'm on day two of the old strep throat. Oh, you got that strep throat? Did you get the Z-Pack? I got the um, amoxicillin. Nice. Here's the difference between being a kid and being an adult. When you're a kid and you know you're sick, they're like, well, we got to go to the doctor. And you're like, shit. They might give me a little shot there at the doc doc. Here's what happens when you're an adult. You go in going, can you give me a shot today? Yeah. Because daddy wants to feel better soon. Yeah, daddy ain't afraid of no shot. Daddy afraid of that AIDS. And then they're like, no, but we're going to call this in. It's right down the street. And you're like, all right. And I'm already feeling like shit. I don't know when the last time you had strep as an adult was, but it's really bad. It's really gnarly. And uh, I sit, I go to the doc, the doc in the box. And they're like, it's going to be hours. We're like overbooked. It's going to be hours of this and that. Go online, fill this shit out. Okay. Go to the doc, wait forever. I'm waiting at the doctor's office for 90 minutes. I finally go in. They do a strep test. You have strep. Great. Can you give me a shot? No. But we called this thing in. I go to CVS. And everywhere you go, everyone says, how you doing? Not good. Uh, can I get this fulfilled? Yep. It's going to be about 20 minutes. It's just like all this waiting and you just feel so bad. So bad. I wish they could have given me the shot. I would have taken 10 shots. Anyway, that's my sick update. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just watching Mr. Beast YouTube videos. Do you ever watch that guy? I don't know what that is. No. Mr. Beast is a guy who's got 133 million subscribers. He's got to be like one of the top. If he's not the top, he's got to be in the top like three. Mm-hmm. And he's this guy and he just makes people do stuff and then gives them money. Like I'm watching one right now where there's 10 YouTubers. They all have like at least 10 million subscribers. He bought a two and a half million dollar jet. They put their hands on the jet. If they, the last person to keep their hand on the jet wins the jet. It's a testament to, I guess, who we are as creators now and who we are as consumers. I mean, I'm enjoying watching it. And I think the guy's pretty genius, actually. Like, how many more years before we're watching people torn apart in Coliseums by lions? Like, how long till we get back to, let's just watch people kill each other in a Coliseum? Are we pretty close to that? We, we're we already doing that. That's what football games are. That's what all sporting events are. I watched the uh, Man City versus Arsenal game today, and they're both tied for the lead in the Premier League. And every time they go to the stands, it's like... 18 to 30 year old men like maybe one out of 500 there's a woman in there but it's all young men sounds like a pantera concert yeah and they're all screaming and the look in their eyes when they score a goal is the same look that they had at the coliseum when somebody got ripped apart by the lions yeah but we've domesticated that we've replaced it but how long until we're actually doing that again you don't need to actually do it you can do it you can do it you, you're the same things happening to those people's 
brains that was happening in the Coliseum. You don't need to actually tear somebody apart. And when you win the game, what's happening to your dinosaur brain is like you live and the other team dies. You get to, you, you burn their village down, kill everyone and take their women and have babies with them. And then you survive and they all die. And that's what's happening every time you watch an NBA basketball game or a soccer game or a football game. That's what's going on. Well, I just think about YouTube stars and TikTok stars. And I think about how my friends who have record deals are being encouraged by their record label executives to try to have something go viral on TikTok. And they're exhausted and they, I just feel like they already made it to that level and they're still being encouraged to do what it really anyone can do. They're just all looking for something to go viral and we're all just zombies glued to bullshit, myself included. I'm not above it. Dude, at one point people were like writing classical music. I know. And they're all trying to be like Mozart and Beethoven. And then at some point somebody started writing rock and roll music and people were like, dude, that rock and roll music is dumb. And now people are doing these youtube videos and then people are like dude that's dumb but it's the same thing it's just a different form of entertainment and it's it's just as valid and it's just as fun as listening to us i'd rather watch mr beast than listen to somebody's dumb song well no i think i think there's a difference we have to be honest about there's a difference between the beatles writing yesterday which is definitely not as complex as mozart all right but there's a but was writing yesterday, composing the song yesterday, being talented enough to have it occur to you to write a song called like Yesterday versus TikTok star or YouTube star who's famous for simply reacting to something. That's like this new thing. People send it to me all the time with the Metallica stuff. It's like two black guys in Las Vegas react to Metallica's Sad But True. Now that is dumber than having written Sad But True. You may think Sad But True is dumb, but, but being famous for what, reacting to Sad But True is dumber. That is the idiocracy of content, for sure. What's even dumber than that? I mean, we're going to get, it's going to get dumber and dumber. I mean, what could be dumber than that, though? Could we even brainstorm that? Let's just take a second. I mean, if you could, you'd be the next rich person on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if I could somehow think of something dumber than being famous for reacting to actual talented people, I would myself be rich and famous. I mean, if you can provide people with a momentary respite from the fear and terror of existence you're going to do well in life and if you can't good luck well that's why i said it's a comment on us as consumers because it used to be something like mozart it's like all right well death is on its way death waits for no man time waits for no man it's coming for us all alike and it doesn't matter how much jangle you got in your pock pock doesn't matter how much beauty you got on your face face so we used to be like well if you're going to distract me from something so existentially and offensively horrible, it better be Mozart. It better be a little thing called Fur Elise, and it better stir eternal things in my soul. But now we're like, no, here's here's whatever, a cat farting in the key of E, and someone auto-tuned it and put it over Biden's um, State of the Union speech. It has 17 gajillion views, and the person who uploaded it is now a millionaire. Well, I'll tell you what I spend most of my time doing, and it's not listening to Mozart, it's not reading War and Peace, <laughs> and it's not watching a Ken Burns documentary. It's playing solitaire on my iPad. 
and not all different solitaire games, one specific solitaire game called Spiderette, and I just play it over and over again, because when I play it, all my worries and troubles go, bye, bye. Mm -hmm. And then I can relax for a moment and hope that exhaustion sucks me into the netherworld for another few hours before I have to get up and face the wild, woolly terror of life again. I went camping this past weekend with some of my brohemes, some nice time out in the woods. And uh, I posed a question to them. Could you imagine living in the 1600s? Could you imagine Fuck that. facing a day? And they all, of course, had witty little, I mean, we would have died by the time we were 20 from a toothache. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I want to get past all the funny ha-has. And I'm actually curious. Like, think about facing a day. Dude, I don't need to think about it. I don't even need to imagine it. A week and a half ago, I was doing that. Did you procure a time machine? Did George Carlin come down in a, a telephone booth? It's called the power going bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Dude, we didn't have power. You find out how soft you are real quick without power. We didn't have internet. Guess what there is to do when you have no power, no internet? Feel feelings, think thoughts. Fell a tree with the fucking axe. Guess how long you can do that for? Approximately 30 to 45 seconds before your hand falls off from exhaustion. Then you got to sit there in that stump and have feelings for forever. You are the stump. Dude, yeah, I'm not, here's what I'm made for. All of the comforts of modern day society. Even the camping we were doing, one of my buddies brought a space heater that he put into his tent. We were just pretending. You know what camping is? Camping is pretend. Dude, I don't even go camping. I wouldn't even go camping in my backyard. I'd love to get you camping one weekend. It'd be fun. Fuck that, dude. I like to go to sleep in a... Dude, I need a specific pillow. If I use like Bring your a pillow. No. I'm just going to leave my pillow where it is on my comfy bed that's got my sleep number dialed in 92. Firm as fuck. 99's the max. I'm sleeping on 92, dude. I might as well be sleeping on the goddamn fucking bed of cheese. <laughs> I don't know That's how, about how hard it I is. I don't know how you do that. I wake up sore as hell when I sleep on a firm mattress. I wake up feeling like I got fucking beat like full metal jacket with the soap in the pillowcase. Dude, if I, play, if I sleep on my wife's side, she's got hers dialed in at about 47, which is basically like a beanbag yeah, chair. like a cloud. Dude, if I sleep on that side, I wake up. And I'm a fucking goddamn human pretzel. Like, I'm like, that's the way my body feels. That sound. No, I need that shit straight. Remember when you were young and maybe you were touring or maybe you were just floating about Germany or whatever. And you would just sleep on the floor. Oh, yeah. I slept on the floor. Oh, yeah. And not only did I sleep on the floor, I was like, the floor is fine. No problem. They're like, well, do you, I mean, I remember on tour with Griffin House once, and this wasn't that long ago, 2009, we were staying with like a friend of his, friend of his in San Francisco who didn't have enough beds for the band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember I ended up in a, a chair, but not a big chair, just a, some sort of horrible chair. And someone had left a window open and it's San Francisco. It's like a little chilly all the time there. Right. Someone just left a window open and I remember sleeping in a chair and I used one of my show jackets which, speaking of cheese, smelled like cheese. And just covering up with it and sleeping some sort of sleep of terror and the damned. 
And then just having no, like, dude, I would, <laughs> I would have been bitching at management or I would have been bitching at somebody easily these days, but just having no problem getting in the van the next day, probably even driving for 10 hours and thinking this is some life. If your show jacket doesn't smell like cheese, it's not a real show jacket. It's a bull, it's a <laughs> bullshit show. Jacket. So, someone told me one time after a show, they're like, your jacket smells like pee. And I was like, well, what do you expect to smell like fucking roses? And I remember that person, I met that yeah, person. It's soaked, it's soaked with urine. Of course, it's going to smell like pee, you dummy. I met that person like eight years later and they were like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the one who told you your jacket smelled like pee. And I was like, of course, I don't remember you. You're not the first person who told me my clothes don't smell good. I've been a touring musician for 20 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, up until I was 25, you could put me on a carpet. No pillow, no. just a rolled up jacket on on carpet, maybe with like a towel, yeah, as as a cover. Yeah. Sleep soundly, not four hours, solid nine hours of continuous sleep without stirring, and then waking up after nine hours, getting up and going, let's start the new day. Yeah, a new day begins. If I, dude, I can go to bed in the most comfortable, but now at this age. Go to go to bed in the most comfortable bed in the world. Perfect pillow, perfect sleep number, perfect downy soft comforter with a duvet cover that's a thousand count. Go to bed and wake up the next day. Put my feet on the fr- on the floor and put my weight on my legs, and all of a sudden, it's like somebody in the middle of the night put my foot in a fucking meat mangler. <laughs> <laughs> for no for no fucking reason dude just wake up and i can't walk for literally five minutes i'm like limping hobbling for no you reason you got some shattered bone down there who knows i mean after five minutes it works itself that sounds out. like shattered bone <laughs> i might have some shattered bones i don't know i sort of you just get old you just get older and you just get these weird ghost <laughs> ghost like ghost hurt <laughs> I don't like it, dude. No. You wake up it's and you can't good. see out of your right eye for like 30 minutes. It just after 30 minutes, it works out. Here's the crazy thing. I'm in my late 30s, but there's some people in their early 30s. They have these ghost hurts. And I've only started having them, but they've had them for guys my age. They've had these things for 15, 20 years. It's because you quit drinking when you were 30. I think that helped. I think I have good genes. You I just do. have these. I, I have these genes where, like, they didn't help me when I was in high school. When I was in high school and I was in twelfth grade, I looked like I was in seventh grade. So that's not cool. It is cool when you're nearing eighty and you still look like you could pass for being in your forties. Hmm. So that is. A cool I mean, look thing. at my. I look at my dad. My dad's eighty, and he, you know, he looks pretty good. Yeah, for eighty, he really does. Now the brain, <laughs> brain, brain's a little ch- soft. I think you probably got part of that brain too, Bob. I'm going to tell you. I've hung out with your dad, and I, I do think you are a chip off the old block. I mean, there's definitely some of it, but he kept drinking for an extra 20 years, so right. I've got 20 years of not drinking, which I'm hoping is going to help help my brain. It makes a big difference. But I don't know, dude. The other day. We were doing a, a rehearsal for that damn uh, Valentine show, and everything that came into my head was inappropriate. Like every, I just kept thinking of like things that I'm like, oh, that would 
that would be funny, but I couldn't say it because it was just really inappropriate and horrible. I said the first thing that popped into my head to one of the guests, which was we were doing like a fake interview, you know, as he was coming on stage. And I was like, how are you doing? He's got, do you have any questions? He, he asked me like, do you have any questions for me? And I'm like, what's your dick size? Like that just came out of my mouth immediately. And then I realized, oh, we've got the Tosca strings there. We've got two female guests. And I'm just saying that on the mic. Like we're on, we're in a van with a bunch of guys. Anyways, I immediately apologized to everybody. And I was like, what the fuck? That's something my dad would say and not even think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you apologized. You stopped yourself. That's how you're different. Yeah. And, and I didn't say anything else that was inappropriate for the rest of the practice, which was good. But everything that came to my mind was inappropriate. Speaking of inappropriate, I watched the new Jim Jeffries stand-up special last night on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he's very inappropriate. He's, that's kind of his thing. He uses the word cunt. Like he kind of brought that back into fashion, kind of like the way Dave Chappelle brought bitch back into fashion. Mm-hmm. And there were a few really big laughs, but there was a lot of it where it just wasn't funny. And when you're when you're talking about some controversial shit and you're not being funny, whew, that's real bad news. It has to be funny first. That has to be the main thing. That <clears throat> that's the thing. I don't care if it's like. If you're dunking on liberals, fine. If you're dunking on conservatives, fine. Whatever. It just needs to be funny. Yeah. Well, his whole deal was like, like a big part of his show was like, you, like you can't make fun of anybody, and the only people you can make fun of are bald people. Uh huh. And he was like, no more. You can't make fun of bald people anymore. And I was like, well, it's, I get it. I get what you're saying. It's just not that funny. Yeah. Well, it just sounds boring. It's kind of boring. I love the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where someone spray paints bald asshole on Larry's door and he calls the police because he, he thinks it's a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> and the police officer is this young black dude who's kind of annoyed that, he, that Larry's calling it a hate crime. And, he, right. and he's like, I'm bald. I don't think it's a hate crime. And Larry's like, immediately, he's like, with all due respect, you, the, your, yours is a choice. You're bald on purpose. It's a look you've cultivated. Uh, <laughs> right oh my god i was recently watching him accept like one of the highest awards you can get for an M- for uh for writing like an emmy writing award back in the seinfeld days <clears throat> and he, they're like larry david he goes up he's looking at it and his the only thing he said was yeah he's like this award's fine and all but after all this i'm still bald and then he walks <laughs> off it's so good he's so funny <laughs> oh man he just gets it he's one of those prophets profit in the world um what else is going on we uh we had to, we canceled most of our uh subscription stuff because we were we bought this awesome new house and we're just trying to tighten everything up so part of me feels like i'm going to be missing a lot of a lot of stuff going on and part of me doesn't care would you keep we kept we kept was? netflix and amazon prime what about disney plus bye gone wow gone didn't use it your daughter doesn't watch Disney Plus. No, she didn't really. She watches Prime or something. She watches a lot of like the Netflix kids stuff. No. Oh. I will say my daughter, all she watches, she's seven. All she watches is Odd Squad, which you have to pay for, by the way. You have to do a subscription to PBS. Ah. 
which is fine. It's like eight bucks a month, but she's watched, there's like 13 seasons, 14 seasons. She's watched every episode of 14 seasons at least four or five times each. Wow. And that's all she, I mean, she watches a lot of Odd Squad. Basically from Friday afternoon till Monday morning. That's all she's doing is watching Odd Squad. Well, she's watching it that much. That's justifying the cost. Well, also not good parenting. No. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, terrible parenting. That's too much TV, yeah, for a kid, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I also understand. I also get it. The thing about Disney is there's some curious um, content, some curious agenda pushing content that we've noticed. Dude, Disney's fucked. Like the whole, all of it. Like the whole idea, like that you're going to meet your Prince Charming and live happily ever after, and you should be a princess, and that's something to aspire to. It and get married and all that's all Disney. We did watch. Uh, this wasn't super recently, maybe within the last year or two. We w- Nova kept wanting to see Little Mermaid. We couldn't find it anywhere. We finally found it. We're burning it down with her. I'm like. Wait a minute, Ariel sucks. She's gonna she's gonna disobey her father who only wants what's best for her, and she's gonna give up her entire life and fracture her family because she saw this dude who's just a good looking hunky guy one time. She's like a total asshole the whole movie. Yeah, that's not cool. No. No, and then there's just all the they're just really pushing all the gender stuff, which is fine, it's cool. Like have an agenda, have a perspective, have a point of view. But it's not really one we share. It's one we're a little. It's one we're just paying attention to a little much. And uh, dude, have you watched? Have you watched Chef versus Snacks? <laughs> no, it's a new show on Netflix where they have these chefs and they ha- they ha- and they'll pick a snack. Like the fr- I saw two shows. One was Flaming Cheetos, and the other one was Pringles. And they have to try to in one hour make a flaming Cheeto. Mm-hmm from scratch with no recipe no idea what they're you know they just have to guess at it Mm -hmm. and of course they just make some fucking bullshit that's nothing like it yeah same with pringles but the contestants for this show are the gamut like the wide gamut of humanity it's a very mixed bag of folks on there. I'll tell you what the best show in the world is. And it's probably been this way as long as it's been on air, but it just takes everyone time to catch up. And I know you have mixed feelings about this person. But the best show ever is Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, with the close second being maybe Guy's Grocery Games. I've never watched either of those shows. Really? You've never seen Diner- Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is constantly on a 24-7 rerun loop on the Food Network because it's their most popular show. You've never seen it on tour or in and a bus? And that's with Guy-, Guy Fieri? Yeah. He just goes to diners uh, or drive-ins or dive bars and cooks up their most famous shit. And it always looks so good. He's so easy to like in it. I know you had an experience with him that wasn't quite like that, but I think all these food shows are just trying to capture that magic. Occasionally, we'll watch Chopped. I've never seen Chopped. I used to watch Chopped Chef religiously. I do like Gordon Ramsay, so I've been watching Next Level Chef. That's fairly watchable but i mean nothing's even close to the great british baking show that's still the the standard nothing can touch that show yeah that there are other shows that try to touch it that chef versus versus snacks they try 
But you realize that most people suck. Most people are so fucking boring. The people that like host this show are so fucking boring. They're millennials, ma- millennial comedians. They haven't said one funny thing. I've watched two shows. They haven't said a single funny thing. Yeah, millennial comedians, funny. That's funny. There's a weird thing with millennials. They're humorless. Well, they'll say something that's not funny at all, and then these they'll show these people laughing. I don't know if it's just they just cut to to. They're like, hey, we're gonna do a shot where you're laughing. They sprinkled some sugar on that for sure. Or there's a thing now where they'll just laugh at. It'd be almost like, like if you're used to like nacho cheese flavored Doritos, which are pretty tasty. And that's what like I'm used to when it comes to comedy. Like I want flavor MSG. I want all, I want high sodium. You know, that's what I want in my snacks. And these people are eating like a fucking baked lay with low sodium. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this is, this is fine. It's like, no, it's not. That's a big lay with low sodium. It tastes like a piece of cardboard. Go fuck off. <laughs> Don't tell me that's good. Right. I'll eat my fucking nacho cheese. And that's the thing. You've got like Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle and stuff doing the nacho cheese flavored, you know, comedy. And then these fucking millennials are like, oh, no, that's got MSG in it. That's got... M-S-G-L-Y-Q-U-P. Is that what yeah. is that the accent of the millennial co- comic? Yeah, that's the way they talk like this. <laughs> oh, here, uh, I got it. It's not healthy for you. I got an email to wrap up. We got a few more minutes here, and I have a feeling this is going to suck some of it up. And uh, I'm opening the emails now. It's running a little slow because guess what? I'm putting a lot of pressure on my compute right now. And I put a couple of briefs there in that sentence. So I could, dot, 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 you guessed it, save time and stall. And by time, I've bought the time. I'm now taking the time out of my pocket. Here we go. Johnny B. Truant writes into the pod, and you can write in too. Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We'll read it. It says, movies that F you up. After hearing Clint express such love for the human centipede, I need to know if he's seen a Serbian film. I haven't, oh, God. I haven't seen either, but I've heard both described as films you must see if you hate yourself and never want to be psychologically normal again. Love you guys. JT. We've talked about this, I think, a lot privately. Um, I Even though I like The Human Centipede, there is a certain line of movies that I will not see, and a Serbian film is one of them. Well, you you read... I read the you Wikipedia. Read the movie, yeah. You read the movie description to me over the phone, Yeah, and I was like, I would never fucking watch that and you've watched martyrs which is the most horrible thing i've ever seen and martyrs is actually a movie human centipede is a movie um a serbian film is they'll tell you that it's you know it's political satire that it's meant to blah 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 i'm not even going to say what it's about on this podcast i'm not i wouldn't sully the landscape of the podcast but when you read what the it's premise, about the premise is so fucked up when you hear what the premise is yeah if you hear the premise and you watch it, what's wrong with you? Now, maybe if you don't have kids, you could watch it. But if you have, if you know what the premise is and you have kids and you watch it, that should be like, you should be put on some list. It's true. It's true. The, the, the having a kid demarcation line, we're, we're packing up, right? Cause we're moving and I was packing all my books up and it's a good opportunity to like, it was kind of nice to pack all my books up and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went through a little Marquis de Sade uh, section, which you turned me on to Marquis de Sade because you told me about a book called Justine 
which was banned, by the way, by Napoleon and considered some of the most vile shit ever written by Napoleon, who himself was a marauding villainous war killer. I mean, it's it's the most fucked up shit I've ever read. Well, when I read it, it was I didn't have a kid, and it, it was I all, didn't have a kid either. So it was like interesting to me. And then I went and right. got all I went and got you know his big one was the 120 Days of Sodom, and then I ended up getting like five or six of his other little things that he wrote in jail. And I was putting those in the in the boxes, and I was like, God damn, why was I reading so much of this? Because it's really really wild stuff. Like 120 Days of Sodom is crazy stuff. Like it makes Justine look like disney world well justine is all pedophilia and rape it's all it's well it's that's isn't all pedophilia rape no well i guess it is i mean pedophilia could also be (laughs) consensual pedophilia pedophilia could also be like looking at child porn it doesn't have to involve like using force to sexually you know all of all of justine is justine continue who's underage being raped by people the whole book that's all the book is now Here's what's crazy about that book. I read it. You read it. I recommended it to you. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that's like the guy was obviously a genius. He would do this. He he would he would have these evil people in the book, basically, uh, um, relay his philosophy through their through their eyes, and then he would have the current philosophy at the time would justine would say it anyways i don't know i don't know if i could read it now that i have a kid but i there was some part of me that just because it was so crazy like it was so crazy because like as i was like every every chapter you were like well nothing crazier could happen and the next chapter, something crazier would happen. Yeah, he just keeps it just keeps like escalating. Uh, we got to get out of here because time went by, but let's continue this discussion about uh, Marquis. We'll get, it, we'll get we'll get into the actual <laughs> shit that happens in Justine in the Secret Weekly, which is real fucked up. You can come into the Secret Weekly if you join us on Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com. It's going to be it's going to be nc seventeen slash the Secret Weekly. Slash I- okay. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>